Hello, hello, all you pen enthusiasts. It's the return of the Fountain Pen Public Forum. If you're a scribe or scribbler, you'll soon find yourself in the right place. Yes, that's right. It's the Nib Section, official podcast of Fountain Pen's Oceania. It's a place where uh, writers and collectors share news, reviews, and personal points of views. That one's clunky. I'll work on that. Look, we're back after a brief hiatus, and we're here today with a slew of hosts as a a veritable tasting platter of voices for your ears. Uh, First up is our ubiquitous producer-in-chief, the one and only Dinah Dye. Dinah, how are you today? I'm very good, thank you. Okay. Uh, Next up, we have one of our two audio techs, the man behind the desk, uh, Patrick Antolovich. Hello, how are we? Next up, friend of the show and ever-generous benefactor, returning to the panel once again, Sharon. Welcome back. Thank you for having me again. Joining us through the magic of the interwebs, our out-of-town connect and pinch reporter during our hiatus, Mr. Max Schumacher. G'day, good to be here. Yeah, um, good to be talking to other people instead yeah. of just uh, shouting at myself in a padded room. Here in, so, a, uh, here in a figurative My sanity's at least. And uh, last of all, myself, Chucks Montano. Uh, my nib may not be, but I... Um, extra flexible. It was pitched to us that we should probably spend a little more time on uh, what we're writing with, uh, since, you know, we are a show about fountain pens, so we're not going to breeze through it as quickly as we normally do. We're going to spend a little more time. Um, Let's start with, Diana, what are you writing with today? Okay, so today I'm writing with one of my new acquisitions. I was recently overseas, which partly explains our hiatus, but I came back to this stack of boxes um, that included, I think, six new fountain pens, and one of them the eagerly awaited 845 Pilot Custom. It has this gorgeous dual tone nib, a number 15 Pilot nib, and it's a fine. I've inked it with Diane Mine Schubert, which is a very mm, sheeny, greenish aqua blue. It's hard to describe, but I think it's going to be one of my new daily writers. It's just, I like writing with finer nibs. This is a good weight and a good size for me. It's, um, I think it's Arushikuda resin. Um, mm. It's incredibly well made. Does the uh, um, does no the seams. nib feel the same as the um, as the eight two three that which is still a fifteen I believe? Yeah. So the eight two three, the seven four three, and the eight four five from custom all use the number fifteen pilot gold nib, which I think is um, eighteen carat. Yeah. I'm just I thought the eight twenty three was a, a fourteen carat. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. I think and I'd other... also heard that the eight four five was brass bodied with lacquer over it. Eight four five. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't feel brass bodied. It's not nearly yeah. that heavy. I think, I think, well, I think that go. one's the only one that's 18k because I'm fairly sure that the um, yeah that sounds like resin only. I'm fairly yeah. sure that the 823 is a 14. I just I, uh, I just opened it and it's definitely happen. not brass. Okay, so I have an 823 here and oh, just on hand, you know, just so casually have one here. <laughs> it is a 14 carat 15. Yeah, I think the I think the 845 was the is the only one that got 18. Well, the 18 845 number 15 nib it has um the gold mark 617 on it that if you see 716 617 not 716 oh okay um, oh that's a date that's a date code yeah, is it code. okay we so, are saying yeah. a lot of numbers oh yeah okay, okay. <laughs> I, I i do see 18 carats so yes yeah. it is an 18 carat nib <laughs> <laughs> this got very complicated we, we, we were saying a lot of numbers <laughs> 
823 and 743 have 14 carat nibs. Correct. And the 845 has an 18 carat nib. But they all feel the same to me, and I love them all. Um, well, let's move across the table to Patrick. Patrick. Oh, okay. Um, I'm speaking, writing, with a one of the few acquisitions that I'm actually quite proud of. This is a sterling silver Omas Milord that I picked up. Shouts out to um, FPO's Yakov, who sold this to me from Melbourne. One of the things I do, just in general, is I've got an entire list of brands that I'm moving through, trying to achieve at least one of each. And Omas was at the top of the list until someone told me that, oh yeah, they went out of business recently. And I went, oh, okay, well that is my own fault for not keeping up with things. So there was a bit of a mad scramble to pick up like a whole bunch of their pens before you know they completely ran out and um honestly this particular pen is much better than i could have really hoped for it's compared to most omas which are really really quite big and heavy this mm. is one of the smaller ones it's just a plastic body but the fitting all the things are sterling silver um the nib itself is i think 18 karat gold medium um but it's plated silver it's got a bit of a baby's bottom and that's something that yakov told me about when um when i purchased it but compared to all my other pens it's one of the smoothest um when it actually behaves and um currently i have it inked up with uh montblanc bmw blue which is one of the really really bright blues i've deliberately let it sit in the pen for a long time to let it darken just a little bit it was mostly as an experiment but it's come out as a lot sort of close to a sort of a blue black now you know, like the the evaporated yeah tone of it shows up a lot more strongly well, and my advice um just because omas piston fillers can be quite tricky to repair and maintain because they you can't really take them apart very easily especially the older ones and no service person Oh, okay. Yeah, Patrick see, this is unscrewing. Yeah, it. this oh, is actually. Okay. Um, I, so I was. Wow. I was. Now, admittedly, I try to go for weird um, filling systems, but I'll be one of the few people <laughs> okay. that honestly does not care right. how a pen is filled. So this is actually just a cartridge converter. So <laughs> awesome. yeah, this one's yeah. meant to be like one of the um, advanced cartridge system where the end of it screws off oh, and. I hate it. Mm, mm. Is, that, no, is that showing up? Stop, stop, on the recording? No, it isn't, actually. <laughs> okay, but, you um, can't hear it from yeah. the mic, but... But uh, it's like nails on chalkboard yeah. type of... Okay, I'm not going to do that ever again. As Patrick again. was unscrewing the back end of his own mask. It's very uncomfortable oh. at this table. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, but no, um, but yeah, I'm... I have a few masks with that system. It's terrible. You can't fit a convert on in most of them, so I'm surprised you managed to do it for that. Yeah, well, I, I'm just paying my graces that it's like it's worked out as well as it has, and I'm not going to question it at all. <laughs> um, well, let's go over to Sharon. Sharon, what are you using today? So I was actually using one of the new pickups that I had um, gotten from the Sydney pen meet that was on yesterday. But because I was doing some last minute uh, checking up of all the show notes and prep stuff, I saw listed in someone's wish list the Sailor Pro Gear Rialo in Precious Aquamarine. So I thought I had to bring and flaunt mine a little bit. Um, so this is an exclusive. Sorry, Max. <laughs> this is an exclusive yes. from Pent or Penthouse in Japan. They went through this real sparkly resin phase this year that I think everything they're still they doing it, I think. Oh yeah, I've got I've the got pink two one. <laughs> I've got two sparkly resins right here in front of me. They're really into glitter on resin and for me, I love it. Um, most other people think it's really tacky and not worth the price. I'd agree with that too. But it is a sailor, so it's got their fabulous 21k nib. It... I mean, you can think something is tacky and still like it. Love it. Pent 
this year has done a number of collaborations with Sailor. All of them have glitter on resin. Um, most people will say that they're tacky. Me, I love a bit of tackiness. Um, I love a bit of glitter. But um, they all come with Sailor's fantastic 21 karat uh, nib. And this one happens to be a me uh, medium fine. No, a fine actually. Um, yeah, writes really well. Uh, it's got a piston filler, so it's got a bit more capacity than Sailor's usual, like really, really poor um, quality uh, converter. And yeah, it's currently filled with uh, Sailor Kobe uh, number two, which I think is Hatoba Pier Blue. Oh, that's a lovely sheeny blue. Very sheeny, very rich, very, very enjoyable. Yeah, someone suggested that maybe as an alternative for base state blue, better um, performing state blue it's not quite the same it's color. not quite the same color it's not quite as bright i think the hatoba pier blue is a little bit darker and it's mm. got more sheen to it it's still um, very rich and pigmented. very rich though i'd probably say number 17 is closer to base state uh shioya blue well what about uh max over on the other end who who can't I've, physically uh, demonstrate got my Lamy 2000 which uh, i've had to replace the nib um so i've got a double broad on it at the moment I broke off the oblique, the tipping on an oblique medium while grinding it, so that was a very expensive mistake. Oh, um, but, uh, this double broad's really good. It's got a bit of a baby's bottom, um, but I'll fix that. I was going to stub it, uh, but I figured I don't want to break another nib. And at the moment, I've got Aurora Black in it, which is, you know, just a really standard, the gold standard of blacks, in yeah, my opinion. Okay. And it's does, one of the darker blacks as does well. The jobs. Yeah. I have had really odd inks in this pen, and it's just turned out fine it's the most chemically resistant pen short of being metal so that's the macrolon model or the yeah it's the macrolon it's right shield material mm. yeah oh okay mm -hmm. polycarbonate I, um i'm still on the fence about getting rid of mine it was the the shortness because i don't post and that was really the only uh, reason see, i, I always post and it, it's a perfect length once that's done yeah well, last of all, I have uh, my first Nakaya arrived, and um, if we, we we were talking Woo. about in previous um, in previous episodes about uh, my Nakaya order coming in, it came in in Nanohana Iro first, which was photographs extremely like golden yellow, but in person is a much more mustard color. So I sent it back, and I got the polished shoe, uh, which is a beautiful bright red. It's a gold trim I, I went with the standard gold nib as well it's a soft medium it's great i have yamabudo in it eroshizuku yamabudo it is the naka eye body which i think i'm in the minority of liking um but i i think the the length is great it's very similar in feel in my hand to um an a23 i don't have a whole lot else because uh well i, I have one other acquisition that i will talk about in a later episode but uh other than that i think i'm currently on pen hiatus uh which you know we'll see how long that goes but an admirable position yeah yeah you know you, you quit one day at a time <laughs> um, all right uh well let, let's go on to our mailbag section um we've got a couple of new five-star reviews on iTunes. Uh, Sharon, would you like to read them out? Sure thing. So the first one actually comes from Alastair, who is a member of Fountain Pens Oceania. 
Um, and he says it's informative and entertaining. Five out of five. I'm really enjoying the nib section. It's refreshing to hear Australian voices discussing the burgeoning fountain pen world. The rotating roster of hosts are knowledgeable and the banter among them is entertaining. It is a community podcast based in a Facebook group, which means that it is easy to join the discussion following each episode and actually interact with the hosts. It also means that as a listener, you can feel connected to the event events and people who are mentioned in the podcast. As a community podcast, it's independent and unbiased, so it makes a great source of news for the fountain pen enthusiasts who want a fresh voice to add to the numerous vendor-based podcasts out there. Thank you, Alistair. Um, Alistair, do you want to write copy for us? Because that, <laughs> that hits all of our trades. <laughs> Thank you so much. can probably take a thing or two from what he said there, yeah. He's a lovely bloke. He's just really, a legend. Really so Alistair, he's been a great supporter of Nib Section ever since the beginning, and I have dealt with Alistair on a number of occasions. He now owns probably more than a few of my of my personal pens. And yeah, thank you for sharing that review. And also, he does very, very good ink splats. And oh, samples. the artworks, yeah. Oh, that's him. Yeah. Okay, yeah, then I didn't realise. I've seen them multiple times, but I didn't yeah, realise it was Alistair. Alistair. Yeah. Yep. Good stuff. And Alistair also has really good handwriting. <laughs> I just hate phrase on Alistair. <laughs> uh, we, we do want you to write copy. <laughs> it's not a paid promotion. No. <laughs> um, our second review is from HLW the third on our US iTunes page. Great pen talk, five out of five. Uh, great discussions, funny comments, very informative. Best pen podcast available. Uh, thank you, HLW three for your review. I don't know that we're the best, but that's what we're hoping to. Well, do. well, if HLW three is some kind of. Um... If it's a, a title and not a name, then you know we can use it as a, some kind of a qualifier for ourselves. <laughs> put it on the anthology we put out sometime. On our Great Britain iTunes page, we also got a four-star review from Lou B. Lou. Love to hate this podcast, four out of five. There are some people with a lot of expertise and knowledge on this podcast. I love Tav's insight into inks and nibs, etc., but Diana annoys me. She needs to learn not to talk over people and dominate the conversation what? all the time. She needs to recognize that people are allowed to have different opinions from hers. Uh, I object. Of course you do. Oh, boy. Well, Diana, sp- speaking as uh, someone whose ma- main job is really just um, talking, I-, I, don't- I don't contribute a lot to the content apart from that. Dai does really the lion's share of the production on the show, so if Dai wants to talk over me, <laughs> great. Yeah. I was interrupting for dramatic purposes. Yeah. Uh, she oh, keeps boy. us on task, and that's all we can but, ask for. But honestly, um, even four-star reviews, we welcome those as well, even if you're reviewing just to criticise my interruptions and my comments and for not being in knowledgeable as Tav. Diana, Diana, let's move it on. Let's move it on. That's still a review, guy. You still reviewed. Thank you, Luby. Can't improve that any, you know, can't improve that criticism. That's what matters. Correct. All right. Well, before we get into the main topic of this episode, we have a special segment for our listeners. Uh, Sophia Lay, one of the recurring hosts we have here on the podcast, got the chance recently to interview a local fountain pen retailer. Now, it could just be from our admittedly narrow vantage point, but it feels like the fountain pen community here in Australia and New Zealand has really been growing in the last few years, from something very obscure and niche uh, into something more in the mainstream. 
I think the internet and social media has contributed a lot to that, but equally important have been the local retailers who have been responding to and helping to drive that growth and interest. On the nib section, we're always delighted to be able to shine the spotlight on local businesses that offer great product knowledge, customer service, and the pens we love. One of those businesses is the Sydney-based Larry Post. Um, I'm saying that because it's all in caps. Here's Sophia speaking to Jenny Saunders of Larry Post. We hope you enjoy the interview. Greetings, nib sectioners. You're listening to Sophia Lee, and I'm excited to be joined by owner and head pen specialist of Larry Post, Jenny Saunders. Welcome. Good morning, Sophia, and thanks for having me on the nib. No worries at all. So for our international listeners out there, Larry Post is an Australian-based vendor who has built a great reputation on providing fantastic customer service, both online and face-to-face. I have had the pleasure of visiting your studio out in Curl Curl Gen, and it is packed full of notebooks, fountain pens, inks, and paints. Uh, So how did this all start? Well, we started about seven years ago, and I've actually come out of the eye care area, and I I was doing a lot of medical writing and there's been a real trend where the next generation is becoming short-sighted and they're, they're much more short-sighted than the previous one and it's kind of got us all thinking that it's the screens and things digital so there's kind of like this digital backlash so I had this real motivation to try and get people off screens and back to doing things that help them unwind and with my you know writing skills that kind of married up nicely with pens and Larry Post was born. You know, it's kind of like we're also trying not to be too bespoke. You know, it's kind of Larry, a bit fun, Post, you know, we're obviously online Mm -hmm. and um, that's where it started. Wow. So over the last seven years, what changes have you noticed in the Australian market when it comes to fountain pen usage? Well, I think that's the exciting thing. You know, we can all feel it and I actually had a recent look at the data and just even locally in Australia, searches for fountain pen over two years is up about 20%. So that's quite a lot. And it's really interesting because if you look at ballpoint, it's not up as much, but art pens are. So what I think it is, you know, if I put my optometry hat on, Mm. is I think that we kind of got a bit addicted to the keyboard and now we're trying to, you know, detach. We want to think deeper. We want to be a bit more expressive. And, you know, now the science is coming through to back that up, that writing, you know, you actually learn better, you think better than if you're just kind of doing mindless typing. And that, you know, the renaissance in fountain pens that we're seeing. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just really exciting because, you know, we love it when our listeners write in and they tell us how surprised they are when they stumble across websites like yours and, and Facebook communities like Fountain Pens Oceana, uh, because they, they felt before that they were alone in their passion, but now they, they have a community that they can be part of so what other initiatives have you or or do you wish to implement to to help us grow our community even more well i think the things that we can see what we can definitely see is people are looking a lot more for high capacity pens so the piston fillers are really picking up you know like my daughter's just on the hsc you know she she wrote her papers with a twisby she needs to laugh through the exam (laughs) and i think you know people are looking for tools that work fountain pens are probably moving a bit away from um, you know, an object of adornment to actually, you know, if it goes with this whole story of trying to unwind and do something tangible, they want a, a tool that works. So what we're trying to do is we've got, you know, we've got a big range, there's plenty of depth in it. And, you know, we're local, we're Australian, we've uh, prided ourselves on being fast. I think we've definitely got that reputation. Oh, absolutely. And but we're trying to make fountain pens, like I'd love everyone to have one. So we're trying to make 
it low risk, really easy. And, you know, you'll see the things we're doing, like we're doing lots of ink samples, we do nib exchanges, we, we do uh, samples of paper so that you can try and find a good combination of pen and paper Amazing. and something that actually suits you. Mm. And a recent one that's going really well is we've just started doing loaner pens because, you know, you know the traditional fountain pen shop is kind of, you know, almost dying off mm. and we've got to all reinvent ourselves. So we've now got, um, we've got Sailor loaner pens, uh, Graph, uh, Pelican, and, you know, you can take a pen, you take it for two weeks, try it out. When you return it, um, it can go towards a sale or, you know, you might try a different size and it just reduces the risk again of getting into this either whether you're a newbie or whether you're really experienced and you just want to try a particular pen. Oh, no, that's great because I do know a lot of people where, you know, they'll just try out that one pen and they'll hate it and that's it, that they'll never give it another go. But being able to take an opportunity like that to, to try before you buy and having a great support system behind it like yourself and your team, uh, yeah, like you said, there, there really is no risk. Uh, so following on from that, um, what great stationary items do you think our listeners should be aware of now and, and should try out? Well, I think we're definitely trying to make fountain pens more usable and with that obviously more portable and you know if you've got a fountain pen you need somewhere to write so a new brand that we're really excited by is Chak and it's kind of cute it's C-I-A-K and Chak is the noise that the clapperboard makes you know when the director's starting the film and he goes action oh my gosh (laughs) and it's coming out of Italy and what we love is that a lot of the manufacturing of stationery has gone to uh, China Mm. and this brand has actually been made in Florence and is still made in Florence they're doing a lot of bonded leather and and it's a very competitive price. So that's one that I'd be looking at, you know, looking at a check notebook. Because if you want to keep people writing, they've got to have somewhere to write that they love. And that's what a check notebook feels like. You know, you just want to spend time in it. Oh, it's amazing. You you want to carry that around with you and, and really see the character build. Because uh, I also have a, a leather-bound sort of diary. And when I first got it, I was really careful. I was babying it. Uh, but now I just love the fact that I know that the corners are wearing away a little bit because I know it's, it's been with me traveling around the world. So, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely have a look into that Chuck notebook that you're suggesting. But, yeah, with, with Christmas coming up fast, actually, that's a really, really good idea for a gift. So I'm curious, and as I'm sure our listeners are as well, about what recommendations you have for gifts for all those special people in our lives. So let, let's start with a friend who, who is a beginner and wants to give fountain pens a go. What would you, Jen, be putting under their tree? Well, I think with a newbie, it's pretty hard. Uh, you know, if you go for a specific pen, I would often be going for a Pilot MR with a medium nib, cartridges, convenience, you know, it's fantastic. They really can't go wrong with that. And the only other one that I think of that is another option is Faber. I think I think Faber's really off people's radar and I think you get, you get a fantastic nib. You know, you can get a pen sub $40. It's the same nib that's on some of the, you know, $200 Faber pens. And um, if someone wants a pen just with a bit more capacity, you know, a favourite pen, they can use a converter and they can use any bottled ink. And really, that's a great entree into the whole idea of, you know, experimentation and finding kit that really suits you. Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head there. I love both brands and you're right. Not a lot of people are giving the Faber-Castell pens a go. But then I also have those friends who, who have been in the fountain pen game for years and so they can say themselves a bit of an expert. Uh, what would you think is a good idea as a gift for them? I think here you, again, if we're trying to match pens to the user because that's where you'll get the person using the pen, you've got to 
get a bit of a feel for what they're like. And, you know, we'll get people, we'll get someone come in that might be like an engineer, you know, that kind of tinkerer. And I will often start with pilot, you know, because you can you can have a pen that has a very specific functionality, like whether it's the capitalist, they're going to use it every day, or the falcon with a bit of flex. I had a guy come in the other day and he just could not get past the justice. He just loved it. <laughs> changing the tuning, you know, to change the nib tension. So I think pilot's a great range for that kind of engineer style person. And then someone who's going to be much more into the kind of beauty, aesthetics, you know, it's hard to go past Pelican for that. And Pelican have got two new pens for Christmas, you know, perfect timing. Ooh. They've got the 805 Ocean Swirl coming in. Yes. And they've also got the 605, that translucent white. And, and the, you know, both pens look absolutely beautiful. Like we're, we're doing a lot of Pelican pens and, you know, they're absolutely gorgeous. Absolutely, um, yeah. And, and, and the marketing's been great as well. Like you see the photos and they, they look beautiful beautiful but when you finally see the pens in in real life you just realize gosh you never expected for them to be even more beautiful than that yeah when you hold it up to the light when you hold a pelican up to the light and you just see the light shining through the body you just want it and i think that's a good thing like if you really want it because you want to use it and that's a great thing for fountain pens the other one though that i wouldn't that i would think about is grass like I think traditionally graph's been quite expensive and particularly in Australia, the graph pricing, you know, it, it is becoming more accessible. Like I tested a Grenadilla this week. It was absolutely beautiful. We, we got three in Ooh. and like we almost stopped us from talking. Like we were <laughs> because they're just, they're so well thought out. They're, they're seamless in the way they're put together and the nibs, like because of my background in optics, I can look at all the nibs under magnification. I've got some quite good tools. Ooh. The nibs are just gorgeous. So oh. I think that's another one one that maybe people aren't thinking of and they could you know dip back in and have another look absolutely I, I've definitely got one of those on my wish list too uh, so we're going down the list and of course for us you know it's important to keep our calls going and I'm planning to recruit as many of my cousins into the fountain pen world as possible um, so what would be the perfect gift to start off with for my cousin Alex who's just getting his pen license and maybe for Ling who's going to uni next year so Alex he'd be probably in upper primary so I'd be thinking something absolutely indestructible and you know top of mind is pelican and pelican have just done a new they've always done the pelicano mm -hmm. but they've just done a new one with a bit of a twist and it's called the pelican twist it's very Ooh. cute um you know they're popular kids will want them uh, they look great and nibs are great on those little pelican pens for lean uh lean uni student writing you know probably hopefully writing not typing <laughs> writing heaps of um, notes and doesn't want to be sitting in the lecture, you know, try to fill up a pen, I'd definitely go Twisby. Oh, Twisby. You know, you get two, two mil capacity and quite affordable. Every kid in the uni class will be asking him, what, what's that pen? What's that and pen? that's, yeah, loads of fun. Exactly. And I, I, it's so funny that you say that because I actually have uh, one of our active uh, participants in Fountain Pens Oceana. Um, he actually always brings Fountain Pen into class and he's actually doing a thesis on fountain pens too uh, so it was a great talking starting point for him and then now he's carrying it on and, and trying to get everyone else involved um, so yeah yeah definitely fountain pens there's a great variety out there and one for every single person in your family uh, so there's a few more people to tick off now that we're going through the gift list uh, I made a new friend recently at a Robin party and like any normal person would uh, we emptied out our bags onto the table to show each other 
gather all the stationery that we carry with us every day. Uh, she is an avid journaler and quite the artist. Uh, what do you think, Jen, I should get to buy her love and make her my new best friend? Do you know what? I think when you're thinking about artists, it's probably a bit less about the fountain pen and much more about the ink because mm. it's the ink that creates their artwork. So for this person, I'd be really thinking about the Diatrementus document inks. Mm-hmm. So that's the range of permanent inks. And we've been using those now for about five years. And you'll know with a permanent ink, they've got pigment in there and the pigment can clog up the fountain pen. Mm. But these days, you know, it's all very small. It's nanoparticles of pigment. And the Diatrementus in particular, they it flows quite well through a fountain pen. And our rule of thumb is you just got to keep the pen in use. And that's a good thing. You know, you just use the pen once a week and you don't have um, too much trouble with it. But within that range, you know there's about 12 different colors and that you can get sample sizes and I think you could you know you can make up a little pack of samples of those inks she would love it and you know put it through one of your entry-level pens whether it's a MR an eco or a loom or something like that oh, that's great. amazing yeah I'll have to look into that range and see what colors are available uh, so my troll is getting full and I'm ready to pat myself on the back uh, but I still have my cousin's uh, father my uncle <laughs> who's running a business like yourself and wants to stay organized but doesn't have a lot of time to sit down and put together a spread uh, like my mate Julianne does in her bullet journal. Uh, So what would you suggest uh, as the perfect gift for a minimalist planner like him? I think for him he's going to enjoy writing things down Mm. so I think it probably would be a journal and the trick would be to find that journal that he's going to love spending time in. Um, You know the bullet journal is the latest craze and essentially the way to think about that is it's really any journal that you're going to love if it's got dots on it makes it easy to do the bullets but it doesn't have to have dots it could be ruled it could be squared you know again think about the personality mm-hmm. and for him what I do is I probably look at Leuchtturm uh, you know, just an A5 notebook, he can carry it around, or maybe even a B5 can go a bit bigger if he's really busy, but he can still carry it around. Mm-hmm. And they do beautiful colours and beautiful paper. So my rule would be not black. Black's too boring, <laughs> you know. And you could even get, like we do a name debossing service. So you could have his name put on the front or maybe some cheeky little phrase or something and, you know, really make it personal to him and he will love it. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, make it a little bit extra special. And of course, Jen, since we're such wonderful, generous human beings, I think we deserve a gift for ourselves too. So what are you going to treat yourself with this year? Well, I know exactly what I'd like to say, and you'll you'll appreciate this because you've been to Larry Post, and (laughs) we've used our inch of space that we've got. So my gift this year will be a new warehouse. (laughs) Oh, you heard it first, guys. If you want to help Jen out with a new warehouse, visit her website. Maybe put in, you know, a, a bit of a, a donation or buy something a little bit more um, so she can finally get that warehouse that she deserves. <laughs> uh, for me, also a little bit special too. I'd love to have uh, a Graf von Faber-Castell classic in, in the Pernambuco wood. Uh, like you said before, they're gorgeous pens and they write wonderfully and they just feel so beautifully balanced in your hands. A little out of my reach but a realistic enough goal for me to want to stay off the naughty list for a while. And before we let you go, Jen, I'm sure our listeners would love to know which pens we've been reaching for today. I've been obsessed with my 2017 limited edition pile of vape gifted to me by my beautiful partner, Mark. Uh, Personally, I love retractable fountain pens and I've matched the stunning Crimson Sunrise Barrel with Kobe Ink 63. And it's a great story behind that because it was inspired by the warm light of torches uh, lit in memory of those 
those affected by earthquakes in Japan. Uh, so what are you using today, Jen? Well, you can tell from our interview today, I, you know, I, I'm the practical type. Mm-hmm. So I've got a Twisby 580. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit of fine is that's the Red Blue Limited Edition. Mm-hmm. I've got a Roshizuku in there and it just writes like a dream, starts every time. I just love it. Oh, delicious. Well, thank you so much, Jen, for being so generous with your time and for being such a supportive force in our fountain pen community. Listeners, if you want to surprise someone and make them happy as Larry, you can find Jen and her team at larrypost.com.au. So we don't have very much pen news, but we do have an event announcement. Uh, Max, do you want to give us the details? Yes, certainly. So uh, Melbourne Pen Show is on the, uh, in a week from now, on Saturday, the 26th, uh, Sunday, sorry, 26th of November, 2017. Is it the Sunday or the Saturday? It is the Sunday. Sunday. I'm okay. checking the uh, page right now. From 9am until 4 at Melbourne Town Hall, Glen Ferry Road, Melbourne in Melbourne. Admission is $10 and students un- under 18 are free entry. So I'm not sure we have any younger members. Do we know anyone? Uh, I don't. I thought we did. We probably do. But... I don't know about yeah. Melbourne, but... Because I thought I was one of the younger people there's but, a handful you know. in, in mm. sydney we're anyway. to get more younger people into this and this is probably a fairly good step or if know. you're a parent bring your kids yes <laughs> well um we will have several moderators and members from sydney who are going to melbourne and will be attending the show um max hobson and sophia lee um who did just did the interview with jenny um, they'll be there, and so Jean Pierce and Tavit. Mark, Mark Hobson. Mark Hobson. Mark Hobson. Mark Hobson. Yeah. What did I say? Max, Max Hobson. Max Hobson. Yeah. I'm yeah. so sorry, Mark. No, we are two different yeah. people. Well, I, I was trying to figure out if you meant that Max would also be there. Max will not be there. Yeah. I, I wish. No. Unfortunately, You're I can't working. take the, uh, the week off work, so that's... And also, I'm broke after buying too many oh, pens. But, <laughs> but um, I'm sure there'll be, probably be some sort of a dinner or a meet-up at the show. Um, if you want to help arrange one... Get on to FBO and um, maybe post a comment. And on to the main topic, our holiday gift guide. Uh, now, we've got some gift categories, uh, and we're trying to make them different from the ones that uh, Brad, Mike, and Anna have done every year over at the Pen Addict podcast. Uh, hopefully, our recommendations will be a nice complement to their lists, and there won't be a lot of doubling up. Uh, here are our categories, the first one being Fountain Pen Beginner. Second one is Fountain Pen Expert. Third is Children slash Young Adults. Fourth is Minimalist Planner. Fifth is Artist and Creative Journaler. Sixth is Self-Gifting. Okay, so here's how it works. Our hosts will each offer two recommendations for each of the categories, one from the lower end of the price range and one from the higher end. The recs don't all have to be pens. They can also be inks, paper, whatever, you name it. Uh, So let's get this started. We'll go around the table. Um, First up, the Fountain Pen Beginner. Let's start with Diana. Oh, like an idiot that I am, um, I wrote these categories and yet I forgot to put two recs. So I only have one. <laughs> well, you could probably think of something on the fly if you think about it. Okay, um, for a fountain pen beginner, I think I'm going to go with the very easy option of um, your basic Pilot Metropolitan. I think it's a very safe, very reliable entry-level fountain pen. It comes in lots of different colours. Um, some of them are pretty basic traditional blacks, but it also has retro pop colours gold, silvers, things like that. Um, It comes in a good range of nib sizes um, as at least a medium and a fine but you can also swap out the nibs I think for For italics 
or something like that. And um, pilot quality control is generally top notch. For something higher end, um, I think ink sets are a great way to um, splurge on someone that you like. I like the Diamine ink box sets. I think they have really good selections of colours, um, some safe, others a little bit more colourful, bright. Um, they have a flower set which is um, mostly primary colours, bright blues, pinks, purples, but my favourite is the composer set which is quite um, muted tertiary colours, but a lot of them sheen quite nicely. What about you, Sharon? So I did come prepared, <laughs> but I will caveat all of this here. The low and high categories for me were very, very difficult, mainly because it's been a while since I've shopped in the lower end of the category. Brag. I'm a brag. <laughs> and I, apologies for how that sounds, but I'm going to give it a shot. For a fountain pen beginner, so I really like uh, Japanese pens, um, as some of you may or may not know, and I find that their quality control, as Diana mentioned, is ex quite exceptional. So my recommendation for someone who's never actually tried a fountain pen would be get them a cheap Japanese pen, so something along the lines of a Platinum Preppy, because they come in so many different colours, different nib sizes, they're very much aligned to um, like uniball uh, gel pen sizes, so they come in 0.2s, 0.5s and um, a couple of other nib sizes. It's a really easy way to give someone a gift where they can just try it out and if they don't like it you haven't broken the bank. And then on the complete opposite end, I actually recently gave this particular set to someone in my team at work when they expressed an interest in getting into fountain pens. Probably went way over the top but I got them a, something from the Pelican Souverain series, so the M200, wow. 400, wow. 600, 800 range. Um, I got them a, some, an M600 actually, but wow. you can get something in an M200 plus a bottle of ink, um, so something like the Ink of the Year sets. This year was the Amber Brown Smoky Quartz set. Like these pens are great. They're, they're tried and tested. They have great, uh, they have really, really good ink capacity so that you're not constantly fiddling around trying to refill these things. And if you're new to the, uh, new to the hobby, it might be something that you can try and see if you like it or not. Mm, they do have nice colors, I think, for mm. the M200. Yeah, absolutely. Like the, um, the aquamarine and the purples. And the mechanisms inside the pelicans are just tried and true. Mm. They don't tend to break too often. They're very easy to maintain. Right. The takeaway I'm getting from this is become part of Sharon's gift-giving circle. <laughs> uh, over to you, Patrick. What, oh, God. What have, what have you okay, now I feel like absolute grunge <laughs> if you think about uh, what I'm going to offer. Um, for the lower end, for a beginner, I'm going to suggest a Jinhao. They're a type of pen that looks fancy, potentially, but it also is cheap. It's easy to obtain. Chances are you've probably seen one without realizing what it is. But one of the main things about it is that you can abuse it as much as you want. You can even fiddle around with them a little bit. Like, they're nib size, size 6, which means that you can swap it out for a lot of custom nibs made by, like, I don't know, Goulet, Namazine, whatever. And you can fiddle around a lot more. Like, the term Frankenhow um, is popularized because, you know, one of the things you do with a Jinhao is you take it apart and fiddle with it. People will buy these things en masse. Bulk. Mm -hmm. Just yeah. in bulk, because they're, they're nice, big, brassy, and you will just have a ton of them. So 
if you want to get someone into it but you don't want to spend too much, a Jinhao is a good way to get something that looks good, performs relatively well, they tend to be relatively wet and somewhat smooth, but you're not going to get anything too fancy and you know it's a Jinhao, so it doesn't have the personality of another brand. However, if we're looking for something a little bit higher end, like I wouldn't invest this much in a beginner, personally, but if you're looking for something high end, the Quran Dash 849. It's a steel nib fountain pen. They come in like a wide variety of different mm. colors, either really garish kind of fluoro. Yeah, they're br- brand new, aren't they? Yeah, they are very, very new, and I'm, I'm actually thinking about picking up one for myself. Online, you can probably get them for about 60. Even though it's a steel nib, it's really smooth. I think but... you are our biggest proponent for steel nibs, like episode by episode. Well, okay, look, I understand that everyone wants a nice, good 18 carat, but the main thing here is you want a nib that works well, and it doesn't really matter what it's made of. Um, so the Karen Dash 849, I think, looks fantastic. My only mm. gripe with that particular pen, it's got a very big step down from the mm. barrel to the actual grip section. The grip section is very mm. narrow. Also, I will admit, I say this as someone who doesn't really mind having narrower pens. Have in you particular. handled one? I have, actually. Oh, okay. So they were really, really nice. Uh, well, let, let's go over to Max. Max, uh, what, are, what are your recs for the, the fountain? Well, the I mean, I could I could wreck the uh, and rep the Lamy, to, Lamy Safari, rather, but I reckon it's either of the good fountain pens available in Officeworks, which is a Lamy Vista or a Pilot Prera. Really solid picks, and they're you know, not the best prices you could get on either of those pens. Uh, those are my low-end recommendations, by the way. Not the best pricing you could get on them. But, you know, they come with cartridges. They're ready to work. They're, Officeworks. They're popular for a reason. Yeah, Officeworks. Yeah. Um, I got both of mine, first two pens, which was a Prayer and a Safari from Officeworks. Now, for my high-end recommendation, I'm going to go with the Faber-Castell Ambition, a really, really well-designed pen. It's really solid. The nibs are amazing. And it's got that heft that a beginner might associate with quality, which is worth considering. If you're going to buy a pen for someone and they want a fancy pen, a bit of heft might not be um, not be a bad choice. You can get it in a couple of wood finishes, uh, like coconut and pear wood. How do you find so, uh, the end sections of that one? Well? Um, that I grip it directly on the body. It's got a weird step down, like a very, yeah, very I, short I, grip section. I, I don't consider that a grip section. It doesn't have a grip it, section. It, it goes straight it doesn't. into the body, into the no, neck, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's got it, a it's, tiny it's, yeah. little... Oh. Is that the one it's that about, has it's it's about a centimetre. Oh, okay. Which is why I grip mine on the barrel itself. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. It's just more comfortable. Longer mm. grips is something that a lot of other people need to consider occasionally. Yeah. So. yeah. yeah. Faber-Castell have great nibs, and I'd love them mm. for beginners, but their bodies are so particular mm. to grips. Mm. All right. Well, I'm, I'm glad you eased off the Safari there a little bit, because the Safari is my recommendation. I in think- yellow? Yes, in, in yellow. Um, if you can get it with the uh, black clip, then amazing. But I don't think you can readily. But I, my high end is is kind of like if you want to do the low end, then you take one option, and the high end is then you paste this on. Um, if you're a fountain pen beginner, uh, what I found really helpful was the uh, Sayers ruled pad from Rodia. I found that helped a lot more than the usual dot grid um, or or even the the regular grid. I think. Having the size ruled paper made me think about the placement of my letters a lot. Uh, so, yeah, the low-end recommendation would be just a safari in uh, yellow. And the high-end recommendation would be to throw in the Rodia A4 size ruled pad onto that. It's also called French ruling, if you yeah. can't find it easily. Yeah. It, it's got, like, four different gaps, like yeah. line, smaller, thin lines. Yeah, there's also like a guide on how to use those. I don't remember if it's in the pad itself. It's not in the pad itself, but you can find it pretty easily online. Yeah. 
Next up, we have the Fountain Pen Expert. Now, the longtime dabbler, the aficionado, maybe someone who's got a few grail pens up their sleeve, they might be the hardest people to buy gifts for, sometimes because of the high price point. Uh, what ideas do you have for these discerning pen addicts? Let's, uh, let's go in reverse. Uh, Max, I'm going to put you up first for that one. I think for a low end, if you're buying for an expert, you are not buying pens. Likely, they have their pens and they, they know what they want. So buying buying pens for someone that well-established, I think, is a bad idea. So for a low-end gift, I reckon a, a bottle of whatever ink is hot at the moment, something like the new Jayaban Amethyst uh, Dural or whatever it's called, which is a, a glittery purple, which is exactly the ink we've wanted from uh, Jayaban these days. High-end, I think a solid pen case or pen stand, whether that's um, something like the Franklin Christoph Penvelope or a, um, or a Mike Dudek stand, that's what I'd go with. I do, I do see the Dudex stands floating around a lot, um, sometimes on Mass Drop as well. That's over to you, Patrick, for your recommendation. Um, I'm going to disagree slightly with Max. Like, a, a pen aficionado will have a wide variety of things, but depending on how well you know them, what's best is to attempt to sort of find what they don't have and what's missing within their range. So for the low end, I know this is... A little bit more expensive than usual, but I would actually suggest a Lamy Joy calligraphy set um, because I know a lot of pen um, people who tend to shirk away from a lot of the stubs and a lot of the more callig- calligraphic style of pens. And um, the Lamy Joy is one of the best ones to start off with, in particular, like like it comes in a tin case. It has a whole bunch of different sections on, and it's very distinctive of the sort of the longer style of older quill style pen it's not going to be all that fancy compared to a lot of the other like high-end stubs but it's a lot more easy to get into um in terms of the old lamy style that's familiar to them probably as for the higher end that one i'm a bit more unsure of typically i'm going to make a very broad statement and just say a limited edition of anything it again this is calling into question how much do you care about this person a limited edition in in a brand that they collect yeah that's another particular way to go i'm going to start a tally on how many steel nib pens that you, you recommend <laughs> excuse you Lamy do make gold nibs that I you can interchange so I that's up to you that goes over to Sharon since we're going in reverse I'm still ending up last <laughs> so I am going to disagree again with Patrick but I would rather uh, I actually think what Max raised earlier was really quite good I would hate for someone to buy me a pen or like I would just absolutely I'd have to say thanks but Thanks. Um, that would show up in the meets as a to be passed down uh, a month later. <laughs> Something like that. Um, I, I think buying pens for someone who really knows what they want in a collection is very personal and it's not something that any person could pick um, for, for someone else. So um, I'm with Max on the accessory side and so I think the easiest thing to get for someone who's really into um, fountain pens and inks uh, would be a new notebook or paper, good quality paper. While we spend, you know, hundreds of dollars on nice pens and nice inks, we sometimes skim over paper and we'll skimp and use copy paper. I'm looking across the table and most people are using copy ta- copy paper. Um, so I would recommend the Midori MD notebook, which has one of my favourite papers. Um, the Midori paper is a little bit grippier than the uh, famed Tomoe River paper but it's got some great characteristics. It's a little bit thicker as well. Then on the other side, I'd also recommend a pen case. 
but in particular I'd recommend a single pen case because sometimes you just want to carry one pen with you something you can slip in and out of a case and keep it protected uh, my preferred one is actually from Nagasawa and they do this amazingly soft leather. I don't know what it is. It's fairy leather. Um, it's so I think soft, it's calf. but it's just so soft. Yeah, it's like it's got suede in the middle. As well. It's got suede in the middle. Yeah, it's just it's everything about calf. it is just soft and nice. It keeps your pens protected. There's and a little key embossed on it. Yep, absolutely. So if people want to give me more of these, I'll send you my deets. <laughs> <laughs> Over to Diana. Okay, for the um, Sharon, I was going to go for. For an expert, I was going to go for maybe giving them a specialty nib, like um, a, cus a cursive italic or a stub that's a reliable rider. But I think you've convinced me that um, accessorizing is the best way to go. So I'm going to go with two of my favorites. Um, so on the cheaper end, I think something like, it's not exactly cheap, but let's go with it. Um, the Corbo 4-pen um <laughs> rash <Jeez>. it's not <laughs> Sharon is giving me this disgusted look <laughs> um if you if you've seen me around you will know this is my regular um pen case it's it's also Jap Japanese made it's very handsome it comes in several different colors it holds four pens um including very large pens it it doesn't look like any other pen wrap that you see on the market which i think was its highlight main selling point for me on the even higher higher end um oh, so Di started, <laughs> diana started with high and is now going Di astronomical to, uh, astronomical Di this is this is a relative frame yeah of reference. okay for um on the astronomical side um how about a really nice display case for your pens um, and I know Peters of Kensington has them um, in, I think, 12 or 10 pen um, sizes. So um, wooden case with maybe glass on the top to show off all your pens. So I'm going to just interject here. I have my eye on this beautiful <laughs> wooden case made uh, exclusively for Kingdom Note in oh. Japan. And it's made by Toyoko Craft. The shipping, Sharon, the shipping. <laughs> it holds 100 pens and it is the most stunning piece of artwork you have ever ever seen. Hey, Diana. Okay. <laughs> How many people do you think would actually have That's enough pens to fill that? Well, not die. <laughs> now that she's trying to get down. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to recommend, um, I was I was on accessories from that. I really, I should have gone before you, Max, because as soon as you started talking, I was like, oh no. But uh, my recommendation is, yeah, I think we think about the pens we're using a lot more frequently than how we're carrying them around. And I think something very easily pre-made, like, like a little Pelican three pen case, one, one of which I have is one of the easier to get ones. I'm a fan of them. The, the other thing I think is like maybe just a nice durable cover for a bunch of notebooks, you know, um, rather than kiting around um, the naked notebook by itself, you know, and it's shame. Um, keeping it covered and you know a, a lot of those covers as well the more wear and tear that they get they look better which is the opposite of you know yeah. some of the books individualizing them yeah definitely and when you pass that cover um between books as they fill you know it's um it becomes a more familiar ready site i, th I think that's something that we for, tend to ignore a lot well you know look we've all got 
small humans around somewhere. There's nephews, there's nieces, kids, grandkids, uh, you know, fountain pen users to be. You have to get them while they're young and impressionable uh, because when they're older, they find the internet. What do you get for children and young adults? I'm going to start off this time. I'm not going to be a sucker. Um, uh, and I'm going to recommend a pilot Kakuno demo. Um, that's it. my recommendation. <laughs> Not anyone. Um, you got me back. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> if you can get a clear one, great. Um, if not, you know, there's a lot of colors and there's a little silly tongue poking out face on the nib. It's it's a great pick for kids, I think. I don't really have a high-end one for kids, so I'm going to say more Kakunos. <laughs> Good call. Yeah. yeah. A um, whole set so they can lose them at will. Yeah, yeah. Um, or hand them out in the playground like candy. Yeah. It's what Diana does at how Sydney meets. <laughs> yeah, I do. On that note, you can uh, take up. Okay, since you don't have um, a high end and I don't have a low end, or my low end was the Kakunos, so I'm gonna um, just say a high end wreck. And mine would be like the Sailor Hello Kitty um, Pro Gear Mini. Uh, I'm looking at one for myself, to be honest, um, because I think they were a limited edition that came out a few years ago, but you can still find them on eBay if you're very keen. It's actually a cute little pen. It's very cute. Yeah. And it's good for boys too. I mean, pink is not necessarily girly, so I think that's a good one. You'll be, you'll, you'll have the same pen as Lee Lin Chin. Lee Lin Chin. You'll have the same pen as Lee Lin Chin. Sold. <laughs> <laughs> so um, my recommendation. I only have a lower end recommendation because I think once the kids become young adults, I will take them to go get their first proper fountain pen. But my uh, recommendation is the Pilot Petite. And if anyone knows me, I love my Pilot Petites. And I'm hardly a child. But these always bring a smile to my face. And I actually bring a whole wrap of these to every single meet. Um, and I recommend them in the Pilot Petite ones, which are the fountain pens, and the threes, which are actually brush pens as well. Um, they come in a range of colours and they're so cute. They, they are very cute. I have a whole role here. They definitely live up to the name. Max? Yeah, okay, so my recommendation for, for children is the Pelicano or the Pelican Twist. Oh my god, it's come on. It's literally designed for children. It, it can't be broken, I don't think. It's a standard international cartridge, so Challenge you've got accepted. a fair bit of ink options there. Actually, um, just to cut in um, there, the Pelicano does have a, clip, like a pseudo clip on it that will break off all the time on it. Like, we oh, have okay. two of them, and both of them have broken. But the rest of the pen is still fine. But um, in Germany, it's what they make kids learn to write with, unless they get a Lamy ABC. I don't think you can go wrong with it. Are we doing young adults in this same rotation, or are we um, yeah, doing I mean, that if, if, later? If you want, how, how, old, how old is young adults? Yeah, uh, Oh, I was thinking... Um, Your age? Yeah, my age. He's legally allowed. I'm only a young like, a Lummy Ion is um, the new one that they've just put out, okay. which might be comically oversized. It's conductor's baton size, but it's the Lummy steel nib. It's going to work. It's pretty minimal and sleek. It's well-designed, and really, I don't think you can go wrong with either of the colors in it. I didn't expect to hear the Ion mentioned today. Mm. It's, uh, it's an interesting recommendation from, from Max. Patrick. Okay, since uh, Max decided to steal my... What I thought was going to get a recommendation that would get me yelled at would be the Pelicano. I'm actually going to suggest a Pilot Metropolitan because this is going to be one of those pens which is a little bit more fancy and more visually sort of customised. Like, they cover in a wide variety of colours and designs, so they'll feel as though they've got something which is a little bit more them. And this will also fit in with my high-end suggestion, which might be a bit weird, but the Platinum Marquier. 
uh, pens. It's a oh. gold nib, not a steel nib. <laughs> oh. You still have the tally. I'm not wiping the board. <laughs> but no, like, it's... The thing is, it's a high-end pen. It feels like a high-end pen, but it's a platinum. It's something familiar to them, and it's going to work really well and be fancy. They're also but... reasonably priced. Exactly. That's the main thing. For a kid, you, admittedly, you're not going to want to invest in that heavily until you know what they like and so forth, but this will be something that gives them an understanding of what it's like to have a fancier pen, something that they will sort of learn to take care of and enjoy at the same time. Um, I think the base model for the um, Marquis A's is like the LTD... Yeah. 5,000, I want to say. Yeah, so... For little hands. Exactly. Well, the next uh, two categories are fairly broad, and I mean, we all use our fountain pens a little differently. Some of us draw and sketch with them. Others stick to a single color of ink. We have a host that's not here today. And use fountain pens for bullet journaling. For the minimalist planner, people like our producer, Diana, who are obsessed with indexes and looking to stay organized in style, what would you get? What would you get, uh, Diana? Um, okay, so my two recs, they go together, actually. Um, I'm fond of bullet journaling in a dot grid notebook. I like the Midori MR, which Sharon suggested before, but I also, um, my suggestion would also be the Toroko Enigma. It comes in a heavier grade of Tomoe River paper, which is very fountain pen friendly, but still dries pretty quickly. You get some sheen out of it. Pretty well made. It's quite on the expensive side but um, I think if you count the number of pages it's well worth it and to go with the notebook um, I'd recommend maybe a nice leather cover um, I currently have mine in blue cover by Karen Dash which fits an A5 notebook it's it's incredibly nice it's got this pebbled leather finish um, and I think will wear in very nicely now let's let's cross the table for a little bit and mix up the orders okay now as someone who constantly fails to remain organized in terms of journaling like i've started multiple bullet journals and so forth what i found um tends to be a little bit easier is if i'm given something with a lot more weight to it this isn't really high or low end it's it's not any end in particular but if you've got someone who is journaling a lot it just kind of uses whatever's nearby any particular notebook what yes denise waving in the background what i'm going to suggest is um what are the hobonichi planners because it's very very popular pretty much across the world like as as a matter of fact I'm going to shout out to another Facebook group, the Hobonuchi User Group mm-hmm. in Australia, where or Hugs as it's called, because like there's a wide following journaling, bullet journaling, and so forth with that specific style of paper. Not only that, um, they do a lot of like group orders vicariously through Denise. I've gotten a lot of their journals and so forth. So if you have someone who's new to it and or at least not really into it just yet, I would suggest that. For having a secondary suggestion. Um, a lot of these um, journals come with like loops and um, covers and so forth, and I'm going to suggest a Kaweco Sport for that sort of thing. It's a small pen that can easily fit in one of the loops and has a clip on, won't fall out, and Kaweco pens are relatively cheap but pretty easy to handle. I'm going to recommend, well, well, a little bit of context. Uh, I think with bullet journalers, structure and the layout of the page is very key, uh, but something that may not be as readily available is just like a without having to use an actual highlighter is like a, a quite a broad fountain pen nib and you know the pelican like m205 highlighter types i think those are nice to carry around to just add a little bit of color to the page to draw your attention to certain points um, if you're really into the bullet journaling i always try to bullet journal and then as soon as one page gets a mistake i just start sketching in that book um, so <laughs> 
Yeah, it doesn't work super well for me. I'm very scattered. But uh, over to Sharon, who probably is a little more well-planned at that, looking at her looking at her book in front of her. So my recommendation would be uh, Hobonichi as well, but in particular the Hobonichi Weeks. So uh, for a bit of context, I've actually used the Hobonichi A5 for the last two years, two, almost three years now, um, for work. And I find it just a little bit too scattered. It's got too much content on one page. There's just so much stuff, it gets distracting. Um, whereas the Hobonichi Weeks is slim, it fits in my handbag. It's got this great layout where it's got your week on one side and then just plain grid paper for you to jot down notes. Um, and so I think it's a perfect size and you can take it with you wherever you go. And then just to tack on to that, I really like book darts. So they're these very, very thin tin, brass or bronze, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Page markers, basically, and you can slot them in. It doesn't mess the mess up the Tomoe River paper, which is in these journals. And yeah, it's really slim. It just slots right in. All right, that leaves you, Max. I, I am one of the least organized people I know, uh, so I'm not even sure I should be giving recommendations here. For a low-end thing, luckily Field Notes have just come out with something that sort of fits what I like to plan with. I don't personally own one yet, but um, it's a it's a calendar and a to-do list, which are probably the two organizational planning methods that I can try to make work. I'm gesticulating uh, instead of actually talking. That's an issue. And um, yeah, it's called the Resolution Edition, and it's in these really lovely um, red, white, and blue covered uh, pocket notebooks. Take them or leave them. I could honestly. Um, A6 is a perfectly enough? fine size. I haven't haven't these ones. No, I haven't tried the paper, so I don't know if it's found pen friendly. But with a fine nearby, I assume, and with a sensible ink, of course, I assume it'd be fine. By end, I was going to suggest maybe a Rotofaden, which is an organizational paper sleeve combination system again I, I don't think personally i'd get a lot of use out of it and uh we've also got the the this is ground mod system which is essentially a case which you slot inserts into and whether that's a, a pencil or a notebook it's it's modular which which could be helpful i think the split between our hosts <laughs> here right now is that uh, our two female hosts are exceedingly well planned and uh, me, Max, and Patrick are really just scraping by. <laughs> um, scraping but, by or non-existent. <laughs> yeah. well, well, let's let's move on to the artist or the creative journaler. So maybe you have a friend who draws on a regular basis or who wants to express themselves with color and lettering. What would be the perfect thoughtful gift for them? Max, I'm going to let you take this one first. Now, um, recently I saw Robert Oster's new Art Inc. series. He was doing sampler bottles, but he appears to have discontinued them. And I'm not sure actually what what the difference with these art inks. I'm yet to meet someone who's actually tried them. Um, I'm not even sure Nick Stewart from Quink and Bleach has got his hands on them to test them. If he calls them art inks, surely they've got to have some archival or light-resistant property that makes them worth using. When they were available in sets, I think they were available through James Finnis or someone else. Um, They were 15 mils and you got four colours, and it was a reasonable price too. So that's something. Um, High-end-wise, the Platinum Marquier brush pens, which I only recently found out Existed. They're reasonably priced for that screen-printed marquee, and they take platinum cartridges, I think. So I think that's that's, that's something. I don't personally use them, but, you know, yeah, good so results from them. <laughs> On the note of drawing and scribbling, I was tempted to recommend the um, 823 with the FA nib, with the softness of the nib itself, but I have found that to be better for writing as ornately 
rather than sketching and drawing. I've, I think like something a little more rigid with a bit of spring to it rather than something overtly soft. And so I think for a someone who sketches, I had a lot of success with, and I, I'm not sure if I've found as good a replacement as any of the 21K Sailor nibs. Great sketching nibs. And, uh, you know, what size do you normally get? The, it was the one that I got from you, which was a... It was a medium um, for Sailor, but it was, you know, across the board, pretty fine. And I think either a fine or a medium would sort you out pretty well. But they're springy and they're also rigid enough that it doesn't feel like you can worry about putting the image down and not uh, you can sort the line length out and the heaviness, the weight of the line uh, later. Uh, Who wants to go next? So I had as something on the lower end, the Pilot Parallels. So the Pilot Parallel, um, if anyone hasn't seen them, they're the long barreled pens, um, which is Pilot's version of a calligraphy pen. They come in four different sizes, starting from a 1.5 to a 2.4, all the way up to a 6.0, which is pretty damn wide. And these are great. They don't dry out. I've had mine inked probably for about a year now, embarrassingly. They haven't dried out. They, you can actually mix ink colours. Um, they have this great system where you touch the nibs of the steel plates together and they'll actually have an ink interchange. So yeah, I think they're a great way to try out an italic nib. Similarly on a bit more of a colour kit, I think some watercolours would be actually quite nice. I'm a big fan of using watercolours with dip nibs and the ones which I find work best are the uh, fine tech mica watercolors they're, they're sparkly I'm, I'm about the, I'm all about the sparkles um, they're sparkly they're glittery they have great pigmentation another alternative would be the kuretake gansai tambi ones and they are a little bit more traditional um, they do come in sparkly colors but they also have uh, quite good opacity with their finishes Patrick. All right, yeah, I'm going to go next. Actually, I'm going to use my backup suggestion for the low end, which was any type of dip pen, because they're actually surprisingly cheap. You can get a wide variety of different types of nib. All you really need is just, like, something to hold onto it and then an ink to dip in, and it's really, really easy. You can get it from, like, a wide variety of different art stores and so forth. Like, they're actually out there, and they're really, really prolific. If you're looking for something higher than that, I might suggest a glass dip nib, because, like, if you want something that's very visually striking, a very good set piece, but also still functional. That was my backup, because... It also, because uh, generally, like an artist or creative journal is going to cycle between colors really yeah. quickly. Actually, that is my high-end suggestion, um, looking at Pensive Pens. They do the entire collection ink pack for Robert Oster's signature, all inks that he has, and you can get it all in one go. What's the cost on that one? That um, Looking at the website now, it's not like Pokemon. Wow. Like, that's a lot of ink. But the thing is, you're getting all colors. You're not really missing anything. Like, there's, you, <laughs> well, you, you're basically carpet bombing the entire thing. Well, <laughs> so I, at the beginning of this year, I actually went all in for all Robert Oster colors. Oh, um, boy. <laughs> great collection. But for the fact that as soon as I finished my collection, he released 10 new colors. <laughs> Why does he do that to you? I know. I know. It was too hard to keep. <laughs> and when I got the full collection, it was only 35 colors. Okay. Only. And the prices have gone up since. It's yeah, like actually, it's... right now it's yeah, stating now it's that now... it's... Um, um... It has like 70 inks. Yeah. yeah, at the moment it's specifically saying that's 63 inks that Pens of Pens It's like first 150 gen Pokemon. You've got the first 150. <laughs> I think that just leaves Diana for this segment. Going along with the watercolour idea, recently for Inktober, I started the month very um, regularly doing like um, a rough 
ink drawing and then coloring it with watercolors and they were um, gorgeous I, thank you because i haven't played with watercolors for several years so it was great to get back into that exercise but i found on larry post that they do a great set of a tin of watercolors um, that will hold between 12 and 14 half pans and you can select your own colors from their range of daniel smith watercolors the whole thing you can get that gift wrapped you can get it i think maybe even embossed uh, probably I'm not, I'm not quite sure about that but anyway i think it's a good beginner set of watercolors for someone who likes to draw who likes coloring in in the similar line larry post have a good selection of stillman and burn art journals they come in both off-white and white paper um, different grades of paper i think they're good for writing for dry and wet medium so good for artists and it's good to support your local um, retailers all right well finally what's a gift guide without a personal wish list i am i'll just jump in here and i'm gonna say literally any if available cocktail series from omas uh you want to get them all. <laughs> I have managed to grab one, and I'll talk about that in a later episode. I am uh, self-confessed on pen hiatus, so I can't. I don't want to give it too much time. You know, you don't feed the beast. Let's uh, go over to Patrick. Alrighty then. Um, I've got two extremes here at the moment. Um, the first one I'm going to go for for self. So something I have that's at the top of my own pen list is the Parson Essential by Italics. Um, I tried this once by accident at a pen meet, and I've been enamored with it ever since. It's a fairly small, very unassuming pen that doesn't really look all that special, but it's one of the smoothest things I've ever written with. And the only issue I've had so far is it's only by mrpen.co.uk, as I understand it. So mm. importing, of course, and there's a lot of different selections and different stuff you can do with it. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, I mean this mostly as a joke. If you can do this, it's amazing. The Richard Mill RMS05, which is a pen very few people have actually heard of. Oh, Diana's. Yep. Yeah, that's the one that, that works like clockwork. Yes, it? yeah. um, it's they're actually, um, Richard Mill is actually a watchmaker. And... <laughs> This particular the pen. Linked Mill, isn't it? It's a, it's a hyphenated. Name. No, it's, it's Richard it, Mill. Is that his partner? I'm going to look this up. It's, it's an actual company called Richard Mill. But this particular pen, um, it's like clockwork. It's like a safety pen. It, it, you can see it, all the different gears extending about. And I say this as a joke because the pen itself is around about $105,000. It costs as much as a car. It's a, a pretty damn good car, I will say. If you get yourself this pen, you have nothing to worry about in the world apparently so treat Why? yourself if you can <laughs> but yeah that's my i will say that this is my grail pen because i know for a fact that i will probably never have it therefore i don't have to worry about getting you my need grail to buy pen. a safe just to buy that pen just yes to that pen or just in. always have it on your person at all times and hopefully not get mugged <laughs> all right well let's go over to sharon for her recommendation so i have on top of my list a Midori notebook cover earlier this year I actually got my first custom notebook cover through a giveaway thank you Diana on an Nanami 7Cs and it came with just a perfectly fitted leather cover quite natural and I'm enamored love it and because I do prefer the thinner size of the Midori MD notebooks they do a goat leather, mm. natural goat leather mm. um, Midori notebook cover especially done for the Midori notebook size and it just it ages very nicely um, that's something that I would love um, I have more than enough of the Midori notebook notebooks themselves I'd love to dress them up a little bit and then the other thing that I would love would be a handwritten notes 
I mean, if people are going to be getting all of these fancy pens and inks and everything for themselves, send me some notes. <laughs> I love a good handwritten note. I don't think there's anything better than a good handwritten note other than maybe a bottle of Sancerre or Penfold 407. <laughs> I mean, we said that it didn't have to be pen related, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. But handwritten notes or the bottle of. <laughs> Hand- Sancerre is easy to do. Yeah, no, that I, I do, I vouch for it. I was once sent a handwritten note by a girl from overseas and it completely changed my opinion of her someone who takes the time to do that yeah it was like a five-page letter yeah yeah good lord yeah yeah it was very nice let's let's go to diana oh well i'm i'm still on my pilot custom binge i've gotten three or four in the last few months and um steadily stepping um, stepping up in um, price range. So the next one, I think, will have to be the Pilot Custom Urushi with the larger number 30 gold nib. And I'm thinking maybe in a music or a double bold. I think it's fine, fine medium and broad is all you can get. Oh, really? Mm. I'm not certain. The general rule with Pilot is interesting nib, um, interesting body, pick one. Uh, (laughs) You can always modify the nib if you really want to, though. Mm. Yeah, I think probably the number... Yeah, let me just grind it to a double broad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how about a broad nib and um, custom to a cursive italic? Max, uh, what are you itching to buy yourself apart from a lathe? Well, yeah, that's the big one. I had thought I would be buying one, but turns out I've come into a really nice vintage one. For the Um, listeners... It's a 1940s one that used to belong to my great-grandfather, so I'm working on that at the moment. For the listeners, Um, Max is looking at starting to turn his own pens, which uh, I'm sure will get mentioned later on. Very excited about yeah low end wise i'm cheating again uh, my great-grandmother is currently in the process of making me a really lovely pen sleeve um that i had a bit of hand in designing uh it's similar it's based on the notco uh what's it called one of their smaller cases it's something that i can fit in my pocket and carry two pens in a well-known soft, production soft company max's grandmother <laughs> are you just surrounded by artisan people yeah pretty much but if i wanted an actual pen uh sharon previously mentioned the sailor uh pro gear rialo um which i've sort of been on an up and down thing i actually go with the visconti corsani octagonal regardless of issues that's just a stunning looking pen it's super pretty and maybe i'll get one next year not still not sure but we can know the sailor will work (laughs) yeah that's true that's that's very true if you go to our show notes we're going to provide links for each of the products mentioned and um, as well as where to buy them if you're shopping from australia but i think that wraps up our recommended list at least for you know the pen gifts we still have uh, one more recommendation section so this last recommendation segment is something we do with every episode and it's just something for the hosts to tell us that they're enjoying right now it might be fountain pen related but it doesn't have to be uh let's start with our man from out of town well yes as i've been recently getting into machining i've been getting deep into machining on youtube um which has meant that i've watched uh started watching click spring on youtube which is a, a lovely australian gentleman building a skeleton clock in his shed with nothing more than a lathe and a mill and it is the most stunning highly edited detailed work i believe is done in someone's shed he's the guy who makes all the parts custom isn't he yeah like everything his screws are individually blued by heat treating them even his jigs and tools that he's making to toss around in the shop are finished to the highest standard and it is just lovely and motivates me so much something for you to work towards max Um, absolutely absolutely let's go to diana 
One of my favourite movies that I've seen this year was a little indie that um, I saw at Sydney Film Festival called Call Me By Your Name by an Italian filmmaker, Luca Guadagnino. And recently on iTunes, they came out with the soundtrack, which is a collection of classical music, original music by Sufjan Stevens, um, period music from the 80s. And it's just so atmospheric and really spoon-worthy. And I'm sure anyone, once they've seen the film, um, are going to go and get soundtrack but in the meantime since the film hasn't come out yet in Australia just get the soundtrack you'll love it all right Patrick I'm going to suggest a YouTube channel that I keep rediscovering. It's a guy by the name of Michael Cthulhu. He's basically a guy who makes video game and movie weapons in real life out of steel. He will, like, for example, he can make, like, Final Fantasy VII Cloud's Buster Sword. He'll make <laughs> weapons. Like, yeah, literally, he's making these gigantic, huge steel swords. Do they work in real life? Yeah, like, um, <laughs> but the main thing, like, he'll show videos of him breaking the crap out of stuff with these gigantic steel things. Like, he's having trouble lifting it and all that. <laughs> it's amazing. But the you main need to be a, You need to be a giant or a troll well to, yeah to like them, usually because right? usually these are used by space marines or some other yeah. like anime and... I would love it if your guy and Max's guy are the same guy oh <laughs> it would be beautiful but the thing is about him in particular his videos are not just of him making the thing like like it shows vaguely the process it's just him in his workshop quietly talking about various things showing him doing stuff like welding stuff together but it's very very soothing and the thing is all these particular weapons that he makes are for like cosplayers or people who want to put it up on a manual piece but they're all functional so it's great because you know for a fact that even though they are functional, no one's going to be able to use it effectively. It's... And good luck trying to get them onto an airplane. Yeah, actually, that's one of the things. Mm-hmm. Um, he does have a lot of trouble trying to send them to people. <laughs> so um, He used to work out of Ireland, but I think he's now in the States somewhere. But So it made it a lot easier, but um, it made it a lot more difficult for the people in Ireland who actually knew him mm-hmm. to actually order stuff in. But yeah, Michael Cthulhu is the name. Sharon. So I was originally going to give a YouTube recommendation as well. However, last night I managed to find finally set up my Amazon Echo Dot and I can't get enough of it. She's witty, she can set up my alarm, she can tell me what time it is. She tells dad jokes. She tells dad jokes. Oh my gosh. Dad jokes. I'm going is to be th- posting a new dad joke onto Facebook every single day. Is this you creating, recreating the plot of her? Is that, is that what's happening? <laughs> oh god. No, I'm not recreating the plot of her yet. <laughs> But um, this this device is actually not currently available in Australia, which is why we're so excited about it. Um, so all of the North American listeners are probably shaking their heads going, oh, this was so three years ago. Um, I picked one up in, on a recent trip to the US and it took me a while to get it set up, but I love it. It, mainly for the dad jokes. She raps too. We had a demonstration earlier with uh, Sharon showing us uh, Alexa rapping. If, I'm sure that's something that you can find on YouTube. My recommendation is a Netflix series, Judd Apatow series. There's only two seasons right now. It's called Love and it ruined me. The finale had me properly crying and it was very cathartic. It's dark at times. It's optimistic. It's very to the points. Is it a sitcom or a one hour show? It's like a 40 to one hour and it's funny but like comedy is not the main thrust of it. It's like funny people going through bad things. (laughs) Uh, So that's my recommendation. Yeah. My recommendation is Love, the Judd Apatow series. It stars Gillian Jacobs and Paul Rust. I love Gillian Jacobs. 
Um, so uh, that's been uh, episode eight of the Nib section. Uh, I'd like to thank Patrick. Thank you. Uh, Max for joining us over the interwebs. No worries. Love to be here by the magic of technology. Thank you once again, Sharon. Thank you. Thank you, Di. Thank you, Chuck. Uh, my name is Chuck Montano. Until next time, listeners, ink well. Future episodes of this podcast can be found at thenibsection.com and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hop onto iTunes, rate us, review us, recommend us to your friends. Want to share your thoughts, suggestions, feedback? We'd love to hear from you. Email us at thenibsection at gmail.com. You can also comment at us on the Nib Section Facebook page or at the Nib Section on Twitter. The Nib Section is the official podcast of Fountain Pens Oceania. Our producers this episode were Diana Dai, Chuck Montano, Sophia Lay, Patrick Antolovich, and Denise Tang. Recording and editing was done by Patrick Antolovich and Denise Tang. Special thanks this episode goes to Jenny Saunders of Larry Post for taking the time to chat with us. Our music was composed by Michael Pierce. Our logo was designed by Will H. Smith with artwork by Melissa Graff. Thanks for listening.